you know, there's all these stories about, you know, guys over in Macedonia who are running these fake news sites. Number 24 is Content Farms in Macedonia. Bidiki ako se napravi greška, tak je bide kobna. Nema vrakinja nazad. So, Europe need to, to remain more sexypil lady in the world. Ajde, majkata! One of the many presidents of the European Union, a man who most people have never heard of, passes away unexpectedly, not from COVID. David Sassoli, president of the EU Parliament and a, quote, socialist, unquote, as the Associated Press noted, passed away on January 11. Many tributes poured in, claiming he was a good, decent, and honest man. We are certain that he was, and our condolences to his family and friends for their loss. But the question still remains. Do these sovereign individual nation-states in Europe want socialists running their soon-to-be United States of Europe? Do Macedonians want socialists running the EU or Macedonia? Macedonia might soon have a, quote, new, unquote, government, still full of socialists, and they are all claiming that they can talk and reason with the new government in Bulgaria and their new prime minister, Kirill Petkov, who everybody keeps noting is a Harvard graduate. Though the Macedonian content farmers are reminded of a quote by one of the founders of the modern-day conservative movement in America, William F. Bugley, when he quipped, not unreasonably, I would rather be governed by the first 2,000 people in the phone directory than by the Harvard University faculty. And Nikola Dimitrov, architect of Macedonia's forced name and identity change, comes out swinging at his own government. On Wednesday, January 12, Dimitrov held a press conference in which he said that A, International friends wanted to see him as Prime Minister of Macedonia. B, he was offered his old post of Macedonian ambassador to the U.S. And C, he accused the current foreign minister, Buyara Osmani, and others of preparing to cave in to all of Bulgaria's demands. We'll discuss all of this and more on this episode of the Macedonian Content Farmers podcast. I'm Jason Miko, coming to you from the foot of the Catalina Mountains in Oro Valley, Arizona. And this is Svetin Shalimanov in Skopje, Macedonia. How you doing, Svetin? Good, good. A bit tired. It's been a long day, a long week, a long yeah, year. And it's yeah, a long year, and it's only the uh, let's see, what is today? The uh, January thirteen. Oh, we are recording. That's soon. <laughs> yeah, January thirteen of the new year, twenty twenty two. I don't think we've recorded a podcast in this year yet. So, well, yeah, I think not. Did we? I don't know. Well, happy new year um, to you, buddy. Yeah, um, you too, buddy, and to all our all you. our listeners, and Merry Christmas. Yes. Both Catholic and uh, Orthodox. Catholic. <laughs> Forget the Protestants. Yeah. Uh, so this is episode number 131, uh, first podcast of the new year. Uh, and uh, new year, new government, right? No, not really. Almost. It's, 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 yeah, new. It's, put the new in scare quotes there. Mm. So uh, Macedonia should have an, a, a new government next week, I believe. Uh, Kovacevsky is... is, is putting his quote-unquote ducks in a row and lining up all of his new ministers and whatnot. Uh, most of the old ministers of uh, Zoran Zaev uh, will be gone. And, and let's, let's start with, uh, with Nikola Dimitrov, who, um, who is not making friends with anybody these days. Oh, I yeah. mean, here he was. So, he, you know, quick, quick sketch for, for our listeners who may have forgotten. Dimitrov was nominally Vomero. Uh, way back when, mm. uh, career foreign policy, quote unquote, expert, um, worked with uh, Boris Trakovsky and and uh, and others, um, ambassador to Washington D.C. 
a foreign minister. Now he's the EU minister for muckety muckety muck or whatever. Uh, <laughs> and the architect, frankly, of the, uh, the Macedonia's forced name and identity change. And yep. uh, now he comes out, you know, lambasting the, the, the government, lambasting Buriar Osmani, the, uh, the Dewey uh, foreign minister. And, uh, and of course, then the government's swinging back at him as well. So he is, I don't know what exactly he's doing. Do you, can you enlighten us at all? Oh, yeah, this was great. This is the, the first bust-up of the, uh, the um, post-Zaev era. So we were discussing previously, it's a very weird situation, how very little, uh, let's say, friction, very little infighting is there after such a monumental event. Zaev is leaving, uh, a bunch of his top people were uh, left the government, uh, left the party, actually. Uh, Shekirinska is out of the party. So this is all monumental change in the country. And he's appointing a virtual nobody as the next prime minister in the face of Dmitry Kovachevsky. And everybody is acting like this is just nothing, like a routine change of the guard, uh, uh, like uh, nothing is changing. And we all know that something major is apparently going to happen, given that uh, how abruptly Zaf left. And, um, but there was almost nothing. So there was one in fight, one fight with uh, Peter Shulegov, the former mayor of Skopje. He was mm. not given the transportation ministry department, he asked. So he apparently spoke out against uh, uh, Zaev's, uh, several of Zaev cronies, which are being kept in the government, like Oliver Spasovsky and Lipcho Nikolovsky. Nothing major. I mean, he does not have such a big following to cause division in the party. So that was it until yesterday when uh, Dimitrov came out. And Dimitrov also is not going to receive a position in the next government. He was deputy prime minister for EU integration, which is completely redundant post <laughs> by now <laughs> for the lack of EU integration. And he, uh, not, not only, he did not accuse the government of incompetence or, I don't know, um, corruption, even though this would all be all well and good. He accused them, uh, especially Foreign Minister Buyar Osmani, who is an Albanian, uh, and we all know how you know, Albanians do not care that much about Macedonian national identity and were always pushing us to accept demands from Greece and Bulgaria. So Dimitrov said this foreign minister, by, by, uh, by uh, imp implying the coming government of Kovachevsky, they're preparing to accept something horrible on the dispute with Bulgaria, something that will undermine our national identity. Uh, this is going to hurt us. This is going to be very harmful to us. We cannot... He, he spoke in very, very dire tones. He was very, um, you know, sounded very concerned and... Uh, mm. It was a very open message to the public. Everything that we've been talking about for so long, that uh, the Zayev government is undermining Macedonia, undermining Macedonian national identity and whatnot, Dimitrov practically confirmed that, yes, in fact, we are <laughs> doing just that, just uh, precisely what Vemura has been warning about and every sane-thinking person in Macedonia, the treaty with Bulgaria will... Uh, undermine uh, our uh, language and our national identity as separate from the Bulgarian and will uh, rewrite our history. And, you know, to that we say, well, where have you been for, for so long? <laughs> he was 
literally the person who signed the, the Prespa Treaty. Uh, he was assuring us that we have to accept Greek demands so that we can advance toward the, the European Union and NATO, that it's uh, there in the EU, we are out, they can dictate the terms, we have to abide by them. Now we have exactly the same thing with Bulgaria. They have a list of demands largely inspired by the concessions Dimitrov gave to the Greeks, Dimitrov mm -hmm. and Zav, of course. And now he says, no, now this is too much. We cannot accept this, even at the price if, you know, he just says something like, let's not focus on a date, if it's June or January or whenever. Practically, he said, let's freeze the dispute and, uh, you know, wait for the international community to maybe pressure Bulgaria in the future. And he warned us, be careful, these Albanians are working behind your back. So it's a very momentous, it's a very heavy statement. Uh, it's a very interesting development in our politics. It, it, it's weird. It's almost like he, he woke up um, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and realized that the, the damage that he has done yeah. uh, and the damage that, that very much will be done if... Uh, if everybody else doesn't wake up, it's just, it's just odd. I can't figure it out. It's kind of like, um, I don't know. It's like, uh, you know, invasion of the body snatchers uh -huh. had him for all these past few years and, and they've given him back his old body or something. It's just, yeah, it's yeah. just weird. Uh, yeah. Gruby, uh, Arthan Gruby, who is an actual son of a bitch. Um, and don't believe that, uh, mm. is, uh, you're right. He's, uh, he's, uh, Ali Ahmeti's, uh, uh, a lap dog. And, uh, does his bidding and, and and actually you know i think we've we've joked in the past that he was the one that actually ran the country for a while mm. uh, as, as i was was quickly going down the toilet uh you're right he doesn't he doesn't care about uh yeah. he and the leadership i should say of, of at least dewey certainly don't care about the ethnic identity ethnic identity of, of macedonians yeah. but again it was it was dimitrov though who 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 gave away not only the name but also the identity i mean I maintain a list for have maintained a list for almost three years now. Every week I, I find just in my daily perusings of the news of instances where major media outlets, whether it's CNN or the Associated Press or or um, Deutsche Welle or others, uh, mm. call Macedonians North Macedonians. And that's just in the English language. I don't know about yeah. the other languages. I know that in German it's a you fuse the words together. Uh, so you can't yeah. possibly say anything other than North, a North Macedonian, quote unquote, uh, and and this is this is something that is very difficult to to combat. Uh, and then of course you have the other side where you've got let's for, for instance um, uh, Kate on Calais, the American yeah. ambassador, and the State Department. Who I've seen the State Department from time to time use the, the term North Macedonian, but yeah. Kate will go out of her way not to say anything. She'll say. Uh, the people of your country, or, or you know, going way back to to even you know when it was when it was the former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia, uh, and uh, I remember Chris Hill, who was the first U.S. ambassador to Macedonia, uh, he he would say uh, when he first got there, he would say, "Your beautiful country, <laughs> this beautiful country," and he and and to his credit, back then he finally got fed up with it, and this he's got a, yeah. a whole section in his book on it, and he said, "Screw it." I'm just going to say yeah. Macedonia and <laughs> Macedonian. Yes. And, he, and he took heat for that, uh, but he did the right thing. And so, but now you've got the, the opposite end where well, we, we've come full circle where it's either North Macedonian or your beautiful country. Uh, yes, yes, yes. And, and it's, and Dimitrov is to blame for that. 
Uh, and and he won't take ownership of that for whatever reason. Uh, good that he's coming and, and warning about you know what the the quote unquote new government uh, is is going to try and do. I I just don't see. I, I see there's a an open letter here on uh, what, oh, yeah. a group of activists. Uh, so from the a lot of them leaders of the colored revolution that have come out and said you know um, they're denouncing. Uh, <laughs> this what 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 can you tell us about that yeah, this is even funnier than dimitrov so well uh, but <laughs> probably connected so shukarinsky yeah. is out uh dimitrov is out and now uh, these guys <laughs> it's possible that they're planning something and you know dimitrov even hinted at this yesterday <clears throat> some kind of a movement that would um practically be standing some kind of opposition to sdsm to kovachevsky if they're forced to accept something really horrific with uh, Bulgaria in the coming period and say, okay, let's burn Kovachevsky and we take over uh, like unsullied, a group of unsullied politicians who actually warned everybody about this betrayal that has to be done, but okay, we'll warn you about it after it's done. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I have an impression that this is the direction in which they're going. So there is a letter, <laughs> very stern like we have no right to give up on our history if there is no accession talks with you know the eu with if bulgaria blocks us over this fine you know this is the the state message of the letter we cannot abandon our uh, anti-fascist struggle we cannot uh, abandon uh, what we teach our children about uh, you know bulgarian world war ii macedonia is a country with a uh, you know heritage with uh, uh, a long history, you know, we can't... <laughs> it sounds like uh, like uh, something Vimero would say and, and say uh, <laughs> when resisting the Greek pressure. And this is signed by Vladimir Milchin, who was the leader of the Colored Revolution, long-standing Soros, finance, you know, Soros Foundation finance, uh, manager in Macedonia, mm -hmm. who practically, you know, funded all these NGOs who were protesting to bring Grivsky down, install Zaf and accept all the Greek demands. It includes uh, people who were foot soldiers in these protests. Um, one particularly uh, obnoxious actress who was shouting, we need to hang all the Vemera people for this. Uh, uh, now they want to defend Macedonia from the, uh, from the consequences of their actions. It includes Gerovsky, who had pretty much the same path like Milchin. Uh, it includes that intelligence officer, Dinevsky, so like the one of the worst, most despicable Udba secret service people in Macedonia, manipulators. Uh, a few okay people like Ivica Butsovsky and Zhitas Daskalovsky, like, uh, but it's mostly people from the left who supported the colored revolution. Katica Tulavkova is one. And now they, they say, oh, wow, look what he, uh, look, then they do not apologize for their past actions, at least one paragraph or one sentence that okay we done messed up here let's fix this <laughs> with some acknowledgement of their actions they say no we it was good practically they practically you know uh what uh, the betrayal to greece was fine but now the another betrayal to bulgaria this will be too much <laughs> completely unprincipled uh, um, statement and i sense that uh, you know some of these people will tomorrow be some kind of like a, a wing or a faction revolving around this DSM waiting for 
Kovačovsky to slip up and then uh, try to infiltrate themselves in the party. What's interesting is that uh, some people from Vimera noted that three uh, people who led the lists for SDSM at the 2020 elections, so there are six districts, and these the, the heads of the lists included Shekerinska, Dimitrov, and in the, the Tetova region it included uh, Bidal Kasami from Besa. Three mm-hmm. of the six leaders of the lists are now openly opposed to what the party is doing, or at least removed in the case of Shekerinska. Hmm. So, so much for legitimacy for the party. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, by the way, so um, I, I see that Kovachevsky is, is named as cabinet, but I didn't see anything about the foreign minister. Is Buyarosmani going to stay as foreign minister? Yes. Okay. Uh, almost all from Dui will remain. Oh, yeah, of course, yes. So, and how many, in the new government, how many Dewey members are there? I, th- I thought I counted six. Uh, there is six from Dewey, three from the Alternative Party. And if we add the fact that there is, like, uh, an Albanian, uh, one Albanian from uh, ISDSM, the Deputy uh, Economy Minister, uh, what's his name, uh, Bitici, Mm-hmm. Uh, we are, you know, literally getting to the point that uh, we have uh, almost even uh, number of, uh, and, and Maricic is a Serb, so yeah, we, we are about an even number of Serbs and uh, Alba- uh, of Macedonians and Albanians uh, in the government. I thought Maricic was a chipmunk. He looks like one. <laughs> he sure looks like one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the Albanians, I did notice that Ilir Meta, the president of uh, Albania, met with uh, the new mayor of, of Tetova, uh, yeah. Kasami. And uh, I thought it was interesting. Uh, one of our friends pointed this out on, on the Twitters, uh, so I had to jump in on it, that uh, uh, on the table there is a flag of uh, yeah. the Republic of Albania. Meta's wearing the Al- Albanian lapel pin. Kasami is not wearing any lapel pin. There is no Macedonian flag. He is an elected official of Macedonia, so uh, that's considered a bilateral meeting. There should have been a Macedonian flag. It it sends, you know, the optics are all wrong. You know, it, it sends a oh, signal yeah. that, that perhaps the president of Albania is in favor of uh, a greater Albania. I'm not, you know, I don't know if those are intentions or not, but it sure looks like it. Um, yes, definitely. And uh, there are interesting it, things happening there as well. The U.S. embassy is openly managing the opposition, so. They, they are sour on uh, uh, the president, but also on the, they're trying to keep the weak and ineffective uh, opposition leader in place and stop the appointment of uh, uh, the return of Sali Berisha to the opposition, even though you know, much of the opposition party has turned against uh, the current leader and supports Berisha. So, you know, it's a very, they're in a, in a state of flux at the moment. and. It's an interesting development, you know, people can observe uh, in uh, live uh, how the U.S. embassy is appointing, deciding who gets to be in the government, who gets to be in the opposition. Yeah, I, I noticed that. Um, actually, I'm going through my Twitter feed right now looking. The U.S. ambassador uh, had to tweet something out, a clarification of Pablo, sorry, Pedro, yeah. sorry, Gabriel Escobar's. <laughs> Uh, uh, remarks, and I thought, you know, when the U.S. ambassador to any country has to 
wade in and explain mm. things, defend somebody's statement, uh, spin something. That's just not. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. here it is. The ambassador uh, Yuri Kim, the U.S. ambassador to uh, Tirana. I'll say since uh, since yep. they call you know our ambassador, the U.S. ambassador to Skopje. Um, she says, "Tired of spin doctors," and she has spin doctors in quote. Judge for yourself. Here's what Deputy Assistant Secretary Escobar actually said. He also discussed regional economic integration. Blah 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 blah. So yeah. that just that kind of struck me uh, that that she was actually putting out a tweet trying to clarify or defend. Ambassadors don't do that. Um, you know, when when a U.S. ambassador has to make a statement like that, it means that uh, they've lost the argument. Um, the point of being a United States ambassador is to Number number one, never apologize. Number two, never acknowledge that anything you you that anything is wrong with your side. And number three, crush mm. whoever disagrees with you, which apparently is yeah. what the U.S. embassy in Tirana is doing. Um, so yeah, apparently we, some Albanian outlet was not clear enough on the fact that Escobar or the U.S. government tells you that uh, Sali Berisha should not be leader of the position. We want Yuli uh, Zimbasha, and uh, that's our decision. So uh, apparently. Uh, you know, some the, the embassy wanted to double emphasize this, and you know we are close to this situation. It's listen. It's quite possible that Dimitrov now that he is a free agent, uh, uh, instead of forming a, a a movement that would be taking over SDSM, he could quite easily join um, a, an attempt to uh, take over Vimera. There have been bunches of such attempts uh, done on behalf of Zaev. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, using Mialkov, using uh, Nikola Todorov. Mialkov is now out of prison. Uh, so mm. it's, he could, you know, this new, newly, uh, this movement of newly awoken patriots <laughs> in Macedonia could actually move in, uh, try to infiltrate the right, not the left. So <laughs> this could be, again, if it happens, I mean, this, this would be obviously managed. Uh, as you said, Dimitrov. Dimitrov told everybody that uh, my international friends want, wanted me to be prime minister. So <laughs> whichever party would be, you know, hijacked to accomplish this as a vehicle, you know, I, I think he would be fine with either party. <laughs> Interesting. When yeah, you bring up a good point. When he, when yeah, and I mentioned that in the monologue that um, that as he said, he, his international friends wanted him to be prime minister, um, and he's referring to I think this current period that they didn't mm. they didn't want Kovacevsky, they wanted him, um, which would say that if, if that were to be true, then that would mean their powers are actually limited, that they, they can't actually do that. Um, I don't know. I have to think about that some more. Um, maybe, you know, it's, it uh, indicates that Kovacevsky will be a passing, uh, you know, placeholder. Yeah. No, don't bother to even remember his name or his face. Uh, that uh, once he maybe signs something with Bulgaria, uh, or if things go in the opposite direction, uh, loses a soon-to-be-declared general election to Vimero, that then he will be removed and forgotten, and then uh, SDSM will have to sort out what who they are and who they want yeah. uh, running the party. But it's very possible that an attempt will be made on uh, uh, to, for a deal with Bulgaria with the Harvard. Guy Harvard. In, uh, Harvard. Harvard. And uh, Kovacevsky is also telling everybody that he was Harvard educated, even though he attended 
I guess, some online course <laughs> for a few months. <laughs> and uh, yeah, really, really embarrassing. Uh, so they, they probably make an attempt, maybe even sign something, and then uh, he'll be removed uh, due to national outburst. And uh, either Zayev's faction tries to take over the party or Tsarvinkovsky's faction. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Um, of course, the internationals, when I say the internationals, when we say the internationals, we mean the West. We mean the U.S., the State Department, the European Union, and NATO primarily, and those that are within those organizations would don't care, would like to see Macedonia give up its, its identity, uh, what, what I, the identity and history and heritage that it has left, it just, yeah. and sign an agreement with Bulgaria and, uh, and move into the, uh, the EU. Uh, that's what they want, um, mm. because they don't care about Macedonia at the end of the day. That's a fact. They literally no. don't care. Um, when you've got socialists running the European Union, Union trying to make it into the United States of Europe, um, frankly, nobody's identity is important to them. They're trying to. Yeah. They are. They are. They are attempting to. To uh, to make the new the new European man and the new European woman and all identities must be subservient or dissolved in that process. Um, yep. This is what Hungary is, is is going through right. Well, all countries are, but those those that those that that try and defend um, tradition, uh, sovereignty of the nation state, their own culture and heritage, their identity, their religious values and beliefs. Those that try to defend those will be attacked by the very rulers, uh, those who run the European Union, the State Department, and NATO. That's just the way it is. It's as, 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 as we move towards, (laughs) as we move towards Fukuyama's uh, end of history and the last man, Mm. uh, it ain't liberal democracy, quote unquote, or Jeffersonian democracy, as he posited, uh, Anyway, let's 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 talk a little bit about Bulgaria because Kirill Petkov was supposed to be there next week, but he's come down with a bout of the Rona, I believe, so he's in quarantine or whatever. Uh, yeah, the funny part is they they all caught the. I mean, they, they were exposed uh, while holding a National Security Council meeting on Macedonia. It's, first of all, it's ugly to hold this thing on a neighboring country. We, I mean, there is really no security element to the yes. crisis, and then. Yeah. The Speaker of Parliament apparently had the bug, but he he, he was going to cancel the meeting. But now uh, he says no, it's too important. He will still come, and you know it's a milder form of the bug. So will he be wearing uh, a hazmat suit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So he's so Kirill's still coming over there next week. Yeah. That's the okay. All right. Well, we'll we'll see what happens. Now he's of course now Ruman Radev, the the president of Bulgaria, is the, the hardliner who said no. You know, here are red lines and. You know, mm-hmm. doesn't matter what Kirill Petkov says, and and of course Petkov's partners, um, uh, what's his name, Slavi uh, Trifonov. Uh, Slavi Trifonov. Yeah, uh, the the washed up uh, actor or musician or whatever he is, uh, mm-hmm. who um, who I don't know if we covered this in the last podcast or not. He actually was given an interview, and he said uh, the Macedonians were something, and he's and then he corrected himself. He said. Sorry, the North Macedonians. Wow. He actually he went out of his way to insult, yeah, yeah. Macedonians. So he too is a son of a bitch. Uh, and um, 
So his, anyway, his party has, you know, he's, Kirill Petkov isn't, they, they've got other coalition partners that that are um, more hardline, I guess is the right word uh, yeah. to say. So, But uh, but I, I do have to go back to the Harvard thing um, and the Buckley quote. Uh, I would rather be governed by the first 2,000 people in the telephone directory than mm. by the Harvard University faculty. Uh, meaning that um, the average person probably has more wisdom than what, Harvard turns out in terms of its its graduates, uh, and of course the, the funniest thing is that uh, Buckley was a Yale man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, famously, his, his famous. Yeah, his first book uh, I think it was 1951, yeah. God Man at Yale. God uh, Man at Yale. And, and of course but, the the point yeah. of the book was how the educational institutions back then, 70 years yeah. ago, uh, were were slipping away from from teaching um, you know the, the basics and teaching people how to think and teaching about reason and also teaching about virtue and and yes. uh, and things like that and how they're they're just totally moved away from that. If they were doing that seven years ago, they're far gone now. Um, so I wouldn't put yeah, any, he he really called that. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't put any credibility in the fact that Kirill Petkov graduated from Harvard. So mm, um, yes, <laughs> um, but there was a very interesting development in uh, what Trifonov said. Actually, it's a deal which we could all get behind. Uh, practically, he said, okay, we want uh, the EU and the US want something from us that we oh, right. allow the North Macedonians <laughs> to join the EU. Well, we want something from them, and that is that the US lifts its visa regime for Bulgaria, uh, which is a major you know, EU-NATO yeah. member state, but the US still maintains um, a visa regime. Uh, the same dispute like you would have the same issue like with Poland or I don't know with Romania how far along they are and then that the EU accepts uh, Bulgaria in the Schengen zone so the last remaining uh, obstructions to having Bulgarians work and live and travel through the EU and I think also the Eurozone but that's okay I think that's going to happen anyway so <laughs> he's offering a quid pro quo which apparently they've been offering for a while now but uh, he, he said it out loud and everybody reacted and uh, uh, to Trifonov, everybody in his coalition, not but saying, uh, by saying uh, uh, it's, a, it's wrong, they said not that loud, you know, that's the quiet part, you said the quiet part out loud, <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's actually a fine development for, you know, if, if Bulgaria gets this and is able to remove Zaev from our back by vetoing us, listen, that's great, that's going to work out beautifully for, for everybody involved. <laughs> All right. Oh, by the way, are you freezing there? I know in our, our pre, um, pre-podcast pre back and forth, we talked about the issues, and of course we talked, we mentioned the energy crisis there, which I yeah. I, I haven't followed too much because, uh, well, I live in southern Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But I, but I know that um, uh, energy prices are going up. Um, the... the uh, the amount of, of energy available has yeah. been reduced. People are, are people are cold. Um, what's yeah. what's happening? Are you cold? Well, we have. Uh, I'm. Uh, I have a blanket and a sweater. Yes. <laughs> oh dear! You can wander around your house <laughs> in a blanket moment. and a sweater. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, uh, you know, we discussed the energy crisis a number of times before. Before practically, the Zayev guys all but stopped digging for coal for both ideological and. Uh, corruption issues, uh, reasons, mm -hmm. and and incompetence. Let's not forget that part. <laughs> uh, and 
electricity is up uh, about 15%. Um, and then uh, Skopje has about 60,000 uh, units uh, in the center of the city, which use central heating with warm water heated by natural gas. Uh, we cannot set the quantity, so we have to pay according to the size of our apartments. And uh, this price was hiked by about 15% because natural gas is so much more expensive. But this is not enough to offset the increase of the gas. So the company says, listen, uh, thank you for the price increase, but we're still not making ends meet. So they, they, they're reducing the deliveries of, of warm water to the apartments. And they cite a clause in the law that says, uh, uh, we are only forced to keep your apartments at 20 degrees centigrade. And that's it. So it's a huge, uh, you know, another blow to both living standards and quality of life. Uh, the main heating company was recently bought by Chifli Ganets, a businessman who is very close to Zaev. His son is famously dating uh, Vitsa Zaev's daughter, or was it until recently, Instagramming, you know, driving a Lamborghini to Monaco together, or skiing in Val d'Isere, or going to Bora Bora and places like that. So uh, he's being protected by the government in, the, uh, in uh, what's he doing. And is this summer trying to blame Vumarov for this because uh, uh, the mayor should somehow, of Skopje should somehow have intervened even though she's been in office for a few months. And the price of gas is so high because Zaev kept expelling Russian diplomats. He sent, uh, he's discussing, he's preparing to send troops to Latvia or uh, Letonia or something. Uh, <laughs> we canceled, we, we refused to be part of the uh, South Stream Pipeline, which would have allowed us to dictate the prices. Mm. Uh, he wouldn't even purchase Russian uh, vaccines at a time when we had no vaccines. Uh, so we kept going against them, and now Russia says, okay, there is one price for Serbia, another much worse price for Bulgaria, and another far, far worse <laughs> price for this nobody, little pipsqueak country who keeps trying to insult us, to go, go out of its way to, to insult us, the latest NATO member. Uh, and yeah, it's, a, it's the, really bad. Here. The latest and final NATO member, actually. Ooh. Hopefully, yes. Ooh. Uh, you, said, you said 20 degrees Celsius? Uh, yeah. That's 68 Fahrenheit. That's fine. Come on, man. That's, I, keep, yeah, I keep my house at 67. You are, you know, we are welcome to spend more of our own money to, <laughs> uh, for, you know, to uh, heat our apartments with uh, the now even more expensive electricity. So, yeah. That's, yeah, well, well, actually, <laughs> I, I, I know. So, and this is actually kind of a quick aside. I'm assuming most, most listeners um, know when you, you talked about, you know, heating the hot water that runs through the radiator pipes and that's how you heat, mm. heat the homes. That is not something we have here out in the West. Uh, that is, you, you find that in the, the east of the United States and the north and, and things like that. But out here, we don't, we don't have that. Um, we, uh, now, I know a lot of people there use the, the, um, the, the wall-mounted air conditioners that also function as heaters, but that's really yeah. expensive. And then there's the pellets, which has become a big thing, I think, in, in Macedonia yeah. over the past uh, many winters of using, I guess it's, Basically, wood chips compressed into small pellets uh, that then yep. burn, and, and but that is also used to heat the water, correct? 
that goes to the radiators? Uh, yes, you can do that uh, in an individual heating system, right. but that's uh, messy. That's something uh -huh. you know you have to do. You have to maintain it every day, and it's dirty and it's uh, cumbersome. The ele elegant solutions are either electricity or, uh, if you're in downtown Skopje, the central water, warm water heating system. And both prices have gone way up. Uh, way up and, uh, you know, you're, uh, there, there was a drive to get uh, rural households to abandon, to, to give uh, to their municipality or to the government their wood burning uh, stove mm -hmm. in exchange for uh, a voucher so they can buy an inverter air conditioner that runs on electricity. Mm -hmm. And those people who took this offer, you know, they were told it, it will be cleaner for the environment, you know, you won't uh, suffocate in uh, winter and uh, much less messy, you don't have to uh, put a fire on every day and you just press a button. And those people are now kicking themselves because now they have to pay 15, 20% more mm -hmm. Uh, higher electricity bill because Zayev ran the the energy system into the ground, literally. Yeah, well, that that kind of, that kind of brings us back to something um, I, I wanted to, to mention, and we, we talked a little bit about this just before we hit the record button, and that is, you know, so so the Zayev government. Let's let's look at the Zayev government um, as a example of of generally of all leftist governments and leftists in general, progressives. Mm -hmm. uh, that um, they're 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 focused on these big existential issues, you know, climate. What 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 is it that Greta says? We have twelve years or ten years or maybe it's ten minutes mm. now uh, to save the planet. Otherwise, we're all going to die. Uh, you know, the climate change issue. And so they they focus on that. They focus on um, um, uh, you know, trying to eliminate poverty. The, the really big picture things uh, instead of instead of doing basic things that the citizens want and need like heating homes and 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 you know managing yeah. the economies so that you don't have quote unquote transitory inflation which ain't uh, and 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 um, cleaning the roads you know you had awful snowstorms there in Macedonia and the and I know the uh, the um, Snowplows haven't been out for whatever reason because of the incompetence of the mm. the, uh, of the uh, government. Plus, they're trying to fl fight cl climate change. Um, this is something that that Sassoli said in his uh, David Sassoli, the recently passed away, one of the presidents of the European Union, said in his Christmas message. Mm. He, he says, "quote We finally realize, after years of cruel inflexibility, that inequality can no longer be tolerated or accepted." that an uncertain life is a mm. cruel one, that poverty should not be hidden, but rather tackled and wiped out. Well, those are nice words, but inequality, yeah. I want to be a, a, a seven-foot-tall black man in the NBA. That's not going to happen. Um, inequality is a part of life. Poverty is a part of life. Jesus said, the poor you will always have with you. Yeah. David was a socialist, and socialists believe this: that you can, you can, you can wipe poverty out. You can get rid of inequality, and and they're chasing after these things that aren't possible, and they're using the power of the state yeah. and the taxpayers' money to do these things, which is 
and they're using force to try and do it, and it's wrong. And they should they should be heating homes and cleaning the snow off the streets. Um, it's just, and, and he ends this Christmas message with a time he says, "Christmas is the time when hope is born." Here's to us, and here's to hope. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, Christmas is the time when Christ was born. <laughs> now you could argue that Christ <laughs> is hope, obviously, but I don't think that was his message. I think he was one of these lapsed Catholics that uh, that really yeah. didn't believe in. He, he thought they were old fairy tales, um, and he embraced instead of embracing the true message and spirit of Christmas uh, and his Catholic faith he, that he was probably raised in as a good Italian. He uh, embraced this false hope of what socialism promises but can never deliver, and does so through the power of the state and through the power of the purse by raping the taxpayers. Ooh, that's efficiently morose note to to end on. (laughs) (laughs) Crushing morosity, as John Bedard says in the commentary podcast. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, yeah, they they're trying to to come up with a secular religion. They're trying to uh, with all the pageantry and imagery, and uh, and now that seeing that this has failed, they're moving toward more and more totalitarianism and yes. uh, uh, you know, ruling by by decree and by by permanent by state of permanent crisis. Mm. So yeah, they're. They're really showing their hand. They're tipping their hand here. Yeah, this this is actually I've got to I've got to get on my my new column. That's what I wanted to write about this week, is the uh, worshiping the false idol of democracy. Uh, you you mm-hmm. see that big time here right now with the Biden administration talking about how um, these, they're pushing the voting rights issue. And I know we're going a little bit off mm-hmm. from Macedonia, but I'll tie this back in. Uh, that. Uh, you know, the Republicans are trying to uh, limit your voting rights, and voting is the most sacred possible thing in our holy democracy. And, uh, of course, none of that's true. And, uh, you know, the Washington Post, democracy dies in darkness. Um, but it is, it, is a, it is the worship of the false idol of democracy. And um, this, is the, this is the direction that, quote-unquote, Western democracies are, are pushing. And this is the point that, uh, Rizard Legutko, the Polish MEP, makes in his book *Neiman and Democracy* that Soviet totalitarianism and Western liberal democracy, such that it is right now, are very similar in that they're both unidirectional. They brook no opposition, uh, and and they will stamp out anything that opposes them, especially religious uh, belief, uh, tradition, culture, etc. And that is exactly what we see going on in Macedonia today. Uh, with the Zayev government and with his new stooge uh, about ready to take uh, take office there. Yeah. And the only thing to do is to keep fighting it. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, they're failing at so many fronts. Uh, they're not even trying to hide it anymore. They're not even able to hide it. They're even positioning themselves, as we discussed at the start, who to better take advantage of the short-term memory of the public after the latest round of collapses and defeats to say, well, listen, I was against this. What uh, whoever is left holding the bag at the moment uh, did. Uh, so yeah, this is this is all they have now. They're just passing the buck and hoping that they'll be able to climb back on top at the next uh, dealing of the cards. And uh, it's really 
it's really really um, satisfactory in a sense to see how how quickly it has fallen and hopefully we draw we draw a lesson from this and uh, crush it once and for all so it never happens again absolutely yeah, yeah. well that's a that's a well um, this is a cheery yeah that's a cheery yeah, note. that's a good way to end uh, this <laughs> first podcast of 2022 we uh yes. wait i i'd mentioned maybe we should crush the left what's that Crush the left. Crush the left. Ah, yes, absolutely. Crush yeah. the left. <laughs> this is a conser- for for those who are maybe listening first time. This is a conservative podcast. Okay, yes. so uh, <laughs> you've been warned. <laughs> exactly. So, all right. Let's 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 end it that way. Maybe we'll do our uh, our New Year's predictions to, in the next podcast, or maybe halfway through the year. <laughs> yeah. Well, we predicted already defeat for the left. <laughs> there we go. All right. I like yes. it. All right, Sven. Good talking to you. Uh, you too, buddy. Take care.